Dr. Comfort for preaching last week and uh, he listened in. We were in church last Sunday, but um, listened to Brother Bray preach on Wednesday night. Good job that he did as well. And it's just a great opportunity to be back with you folks. Welcome to the visitors who are visiting with us today. Uh, we trust it'll be a blessing. We have a gift for you as you get ready to leave if you're visiting with us for the first time today. Let's take our Bibles, please, and turn to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to take a break from the book of Philippians till January and be back in chapter 4 there coming in January. But I'm excited about these messages that deal with the first coming of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. It's called Advent. We don't, usually in our churches, we don't celebrate Advent in the way that some do. We were in a church last Sunday uh, where an independent church, uh, Christian Missionary Alliance Church, and they had a, an Advent wreath out there, and they had four different candles that they'll light, and there's a Christ candle in the middle. We've not been in a church before that had anything uh, like that. But we do celebrate the uh, Advent. The word Advent means coming, and we celebrate his first coming at Christmas, and we're looking forward to the second Advent when Jesus comes back again. We're uh, excited about these verses that we look at that were prophesied. This Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 was actually prophesied over 700 years before Jesus was born. I look at that and realize the truth of the scriptures. It's true from cover to cover. We can believe every word of it. And uh, what Jesus has promised, he will always do. Here we find in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For unto us, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And so over the next four Sundays, we're going to look at these names from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. First today, the Wonderful Counselor. Next week, he's the Mighty God. Jesus is God in the flesh. He's the Everlasting Father, and he's the Prince of Peace. This prophecy of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, as I said over 700 years uh, earlier than his birth. Back in uh, chapter 7 of Isaiah, many of you have that one marked in your Bible as well. Isaiah 7 and verse 14, he says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, or God with us. And here's a prophecy of the Lord in, in Micah chapter 5, we'll not turn there, Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 tells us that he would be born in Bethlehem. And that prophecy was hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born. The truth of, of was fulfilled in the prophecies that were given. His first coming in a manger, not just to the mangers. We sang the song Born to Die. We love that. We've had actually a, a Christmas program in years past about uh, using that theme of born to die. He, wasn't, he didn't just come to be born in a manger. He came to go to the cross and die that you and I might have everlasting life. He is coming back, as we said. Thank the Lord for that. And one day, he'll set up the millennial reign of Christ. And he'll rule.
rule and reign for a thousand years. And it says here in Isaiah chapter 9, it says, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. He's going he's to actually rule and reign here on the earth in the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's bringing, as he said here, these names don't mean just, they're not just names given, like our names given. Have you noticed that my name is Gary, my first name is Gary. Nobody names their child Gary anymore. I don't know why. I mean, it's just such a wonderful name. Nobody names it that. My wife, Linda, I love her and love all of our family, but hardly anybody names their child Linda anymore. I don't know what in the world's wrong with people. I mean, uh, but a name back then, it was given because, uh, matter of fact, a fellow came worked on our house this week, did some electrical work in the house, and um, we bought an old 60-year-old home. It didn't have any plugs in the bathroom, no those GFI plugs, nothing like that was in the, in the house. And so we've had some people come in and work on that. And I, his name is Fisher. And I said, well, I, very interesting name, Fisher. I said, uh, I, said I, I, I know a fella, used to coach at Air Force. Fisher DeBerry was the head coach at, uh, at Air Force Academy in football. And I said, he was from Sherrall, South Carolina. And I said, a, a nice man. I've met him, Christian guy. And I said, how did your mom come up with your name? And said, well, my mom had a dream. And uh, so she was going to name me Simon Fisher, but decided to switch it around and call it Fisher Simon. And so uh, just a name. I mean, good name from the Bible. I mean, Simon in the Bible. But these names mean something. When a, when a name was given to somebody in the Bible, it had something to do with their character. And so he is called here four different names. He's called the Wonderful Counselor. Those two words, by the way, go together. Notice the grouping. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Each one of those. And those two. Now, we sang today his name is Wonderful. And he is wonderful. But it, those two go together. Wonderful Counselor. I... Uh, I think about my Savior being my counselor, my guide. It's more than a therapist. It's not the person that these pictures of people that somebody goes and you lay on a couch and you give them $150 an hour. And this is not what it's talking about here. It's not talking about a therapist. He's our advisor. He is our leader. He is the one that sets the direction for our life. It's not just a suggestion. He doesn't just give us suggestions. He tells us how we ought to live our life. He's a wonderful counselor. He's able to deliver wise and perfect counselor. Why? Because he's the all-wise God. He's the all-wise God. Look at Romans chapter 11 with me. I'm glad for this wonderful counselor, and I'd like for you to look with me at a few areas that I'd like to point out concerning this wonderful counselor. Romans chapter 11. Great passage of scripture to memorize, by the way. At the end of that 11th chapter of the book of Romans. Notice what it says. Beginning in verse 33. Oh, the depth and riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? I mean, who did God have to go to to get counsel? No one. No one. 
He's the wonderful counselor. Notice verse 35. Or who hath first given up him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him, amen, and to him are all things, and to whom be glory forever, amen. That's the wonderful counselor we're talking about. We're talking about one who needed no counselors at all. He didn't need to go to somebody first. He is the one that's the all-wise counselor, the wisdom of God. Christ is called the wisdom of God in the scriptures. He's our advisor. He's our, our guide. He's the one that leads and directs us in the proper way in life. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, many of you have memorized those verses. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. It says to lean not to thine own understanding. That's the hardest part. We're often prone to lean to our own understanding. When we do, we're getting away from pursuing, first of all, the wonderful counselor. He's the one who has the answers. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. He shall direct thy path. This counselor always speaks the truth. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. This Bible we hold is the truth. This is the truth. This is the way we ought to go. And the wonderful counselor always leads us in the truth. He is the truth. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. He guides us into all truth. Matter of fact, I looked at the, count, the word counselor throughout the scriptures. Sometimes in John 14 and John 16, when it says the comforter, when Jesus went away, the Comforter came, the Holy Spirit of God. It says in John 16 that the Spirit of God would guide us into all truth. He is our counselor. He's the one that works in our hearts. Sometimes that word comforter can be translated as the word counselor. And then I like in Psalm 119, if you'll turn there with me, Psalm 119 About every verse, almost every verse, in Psalm 119, it's the longest chapter in our Bible. It refers to the Word of God. It's called testimonies or statutes or called the Word, uh, referring to, to the Bible. But in Psalm 119 and verse 24, this is a verse over and over again, God is used in my own heart. Thy testimonies, speaking of the word, also are my delight. Do you delight in God's word? Are you spending time regularly in God's word? Thy testimonies also are my delight. And notice it says at the end of that verse, and my counselors. This is what gives us counsel. Jesus, the wonderful counselor, this is the living He's the living word. This is the written word. The Bible that we hold 
This book gives us counsel, the way that we ought to go. It speaks the truth to our hearts. Ahab, it says in the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles chapter 22 and verse 3, it says his mother was his counselor who directed him in wickedness. Sometimes we can find the wrong counsel. Somebody that's not speaking the truth to us. Over the 40 years or so that I've been a pastor, had all kinds of experiences with people coming and, and uh, counseling. And by the way, if you'd like to meet sometime, somebody asked me if we could meet uh, today and, and talk about some issues, uh, I would be glad to talk with you about that. We could do it by phone, do it by email. Uh, when we're in Rock Hill, or we'll be glad to meet with you on Saturday or Sunday when we're here. Several years ago, a teenage boy, we had taken some young people to camp. And a teenage boy, 16 years old, came to me. as his first time to go to camp. Don't believe he was saved at the time. Uh, and uh, he came and he said, Pastor, you've been preaching. I, we did our own camp that first year. And uh, you've been preaching, and I just want you to know that God's really been working in my heart. He said, but uh, I want you to know that uh, I want you to pray for me and for my dad especially. I was introduced, he said, to, uh, to marijuana by my father. I was introduced to pornography by my dad. I thought about Ahab's mother directing him in wickedness. We can find the wrong counselor. We can be following somebody that's not going to guide us in the truth. But Jesus, he's the wonderful counselor. <laughs> he's the wonderful counselor. He guides us in, in, in counseling concerning our own salvation. He's the way. He directs us toward himself. Each one of us being sinners need to repent and believe the gospel. We talked about in our discipleship class today. Mark 1.15, repent and believe the gospel. That our lives might be changed by the power of the gospel, a new home in heaven, that we might reflect the gospel in our daily living. He's that kind of counselor. Who do you go to when you need counsel? Often we go to people who will tell us what we want to hear. Who will nod their head up and down just saying that'll be all right. You'll work through it. A lady several years ago came and said, Pastor, I've been talking to a, a lady at, at, at our, my workplace. Uh, you know, my husband and I, we've been having trouble and I've been thinking about leaving him. And she said, I, I'm getting some good counsel talking to a lady at work and I said tell me about the lady I said well she's not a Christian but she's got some good good advice she's been giving me she's been married three times and, and she's left her husband we go to the wrong people for counsel Jesus is the wonderful counselor he's the one we ought to be going to he's going to speak the truth to us he's going to tell us about our own a way of salvation. He's also the counselor about our sanctification. 
Romans chapter 8 and verse 29 says that we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. I believe in predestination. When we get saved, he predestines us to be conformed to the image of Jesus. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, a command says that we're to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God doesn't want us to stay the same. He wants us to grow in our relationship with him. And the wonderful counselor will help us not only in our salvation, he will help us in our sanctification and our spiritual growth, daily becoming more like Christ. He'll direct us in the word that we might stay in the word, the importance of the word of God. He'll direct us concerning the importance of our prayer life as we talk to God and then he talks to us through his word. He'll direct us concerning the, the need for fellowship. Boy, that's something that COVID hurt us on in the churches. People watching it. I mean, I watched it Wednesday night online, but I'll tell you one thing. I like being here. This is where we ought to be as we gather together, as we exhort one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching, Hebrews chapter 4, 10, 24, and 25 tells us. And then the importance of sharing the gospel with others. The importance of telling somebody else about Jesus Christ. That wonderful counselor will not only tell us about how we can grow, but how we can help others to come to Christ and help them to grow as well. So God uses the word of God, which is our counselor, the spirit of God, which resides in us, the, the teacher inside that also is our counselor. And God uses the spirit of God and the word of God in us to make us more like the son of God. And several years ago, I was reading in Ephesians chapter 4, and I still use it now in premarital counseling. I'd like for you to go there with me. This is, this is what God used as he used his word, Jesus speaking and the word of God to us, the inspired word of God, Ephesians chapter 4, the apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 4 about the change that God is working in you and me. And what he wants to do in us to make us more like himself. Notice with me Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22. That you put off concerning the former conversation or the, our former way of living. Not just our speech but how we live. The old man, put off the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's through the word of God changing our thinking that will change our action. And you put on, verse 24, put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And he goes on the rest of the chapter. He's telling us about how we're to put that new man on and what it's going to look like. In verse 29 of chapter 4 of Ephesians chapter 4 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That's a message from the wonderful counselor. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, building up, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. The words from 
The word of God, which gives us wonderful counsel. He gives us wonderful counsel about our priorities. What ought to be important in life? We've already preached on, on Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, where he said, Paul said, I've not attained. I've not reached everything I ought to be yet in Christ. But I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm pressing, looking as, as he uses an athletic term, I press toward the mark. You and I ought to be pressing toward the mark of becoming like Christ in the word and prayer and fellowship and witnessing in our church attendance and our giving to the Lord's work. The three most important decisions you and I will ever make are things that the wonderful counselor speaks to us about. First of all, who will be our master? Who's going to be the master of your life? Who's going to run your life and mind? The Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to run our life. Luke 9, 23, it talks about, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me, Jesus said. One of the terms for a Christian is a, a follower of Christ. And what do followers of Christ do? They follow Christ. <laughs> Hello. They follow him. And he, because he's the one that directs our steps. Who will be your master? The second decision is who will be your mate for life. You say, preacher, I... I'm pushing a shopping cart around. I'm see if I can find somebody to marry. I've had people, I told you I had a guy in Houston. I mean, pastor, pray for me. I, I need a woman, he said. He'd been on the psychic network and run up all kinds of, of bills on there. He had looked in all kinds. He was looking at the wrong council. Following, instead of the wonderful counselor, he was following the wrong counsel. Who will be your mate for life? I tell people, you run hard after God. You pursue him with all of your heart as the deer panteth after the water brook. You pursue God. Then you find somebody else that's pursuing God. Man, you... If you're looking for a wife, you find a woman that's pursuing after God, and God may bring the two of you together. But most people are looking in the wrong places. They're looking in the wrong places for a mate for life. Why not let the wonderful counselor direct your steps? Not just somebody that's saved. I, I, the Bible says we're not to be unequally yoked together. We had some wonderful times with family, as I said, on Thursday and on Saturday. And one of the things I like to do is that time that we're spending together when we go back on the back porch or we go out in the yard a little while to talk, we get a chance to speak to some of them. Maybe somebody who's dating an unsaved boy. Or maybe somebody who not just said, well, I found somebody that's saved, but, you know, they're really not living for the Lord. How many times have I had people promise, even when we did the... Um, Premarital counseling, oh, preacher, if, 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 I, if I, so-and-so would get saved, he, he said he's going to come to church with me. And he'll come about three Sundays, and then you don't find him anymore. FBI couldn't find him. You find somebody that's pursuing God. 
somebody who's walking with God, that's walking with Jesus Christ, somebody dedicated to the Lord, excited about God and his word and his church and the souls of men, women, boys, and girls. Find somebody that you could marry that, that would be God's choice for you, and it's always worth waiting. I told my daughter, I told you she saved a bunch. I'm, we're going through a bunch of stuff. We've, we had a storage unit that we emptied out, and we're finding stuff that my kids have. That's one of the things of being a grandparent is see if you can finally give your kids the stuff that belongs to them. And, 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 and we tried to, and I found some stuff that Amy, I mean, she had dishes and she had all kinds of stuff saved up until she was 29 years of age before she found Nathan. And, and I said, her hope chest almost turned into despair barrel. And uh, I said, I said, you know, she had all kinds of stuff saved up. And now we're saying, let, we're finding stuff that belongs to them. And I would often tell her, Amy, there's something worse than not being married. And that's being married to the wrong person. Why? Because the wonderful counselor has a mate picked out for you. Who'll be your master? Who'll be your mate for life? And then third, what will be your mission in life? What will be your mission in life? To glorify God through some type of ministry. We're all in the ministry, by the way. When I was serving as a civil engineer uh, for the South Carolina Highway Department, both in a, a town Orangeburg, South Carolina, and St. Matthews as an as a engineer there, I might have worked a job, but I had a ministry. Treat, treating those men and women that were working for me, clerks and all that worked, in the offices with me, treating those people and sharing Jesus Christ and the love of Jesus Christ that Josh sang about, sharing with them, and then living a life of testimony in front of them. All of us have a ministry. We all have a mission, a mission field. You determine, I want to glorify God. I want to live for him. And no matter what the consequences, I want to live for Christ. That's your mission. So the wonderful counselor directs us about our priorities, about a master, a mate, and a mission. About our marriage after we, after we get married. About our family, our children, and our grandchildren. Absolutely looking to the word of God and by the spirit of God dwelling inside of us, the wonderful counselor directs our steps. Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it, the scripture said. And then the Bible tells us in 2 John chapter 4, there's no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. I can't say that about all of our kids or all of our grandchildren, but we sure pray that God will work, that he'll move and direct in their lives. We have a, we have a counselor, a guide, the Lord Jesus, the wonderful counselor who directs us concerning our marriage, our family, our children, and our grandchildren. He's also, that wonderful counselor, is a faithful high priest. I'm very glad that he's been touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows what we're going through. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. We have a great high priest in the Lord Jesus Christ, a one who's also told us that 
a faithful, that we show ourselves to be faithful as a faithful steward. Pray that God, as he works in my own life, will help me to be a faithful husband, faithful interim pastor, faithful grandpa and great-grandpa to those great-grandchildren. That we'll continue to serve him all the way up just till we can't do it anymore. Just keep on to the end and finish well. Why? The wonderful counselor is directing our steps. He's holy. He's the one that is teaching us through his word, the Bible. He's our wonderful counselor who gives us grace in all of our insufficiencies. He's always sufficient. He's always sufficient. John 15, 5, Jesus said, Without me ye can do nothing. I cannot live without the wonderful counselor. I cannot, I can't operate without his counsel to me in life. The wonderful counselor gives me hope. I can't, but he can. I can't, but he can. Sometimes we get to the place, even in our own Christian life, we say, what's the use? He gives us hope. He's the one that directs our steps. For our tendency is to falter. Our tendency is to fail. Our tendency in the Christian life, especially as we get older, is to float. But there's no floating. Either we're moving forward or we're backing up. There's no neutral why the wonderful counselor continues to direct our steps. We listen to God's word as he directs us from the wonderful counselor, the all-wise one, the one who is the extraordinary counselor, the one who tells us about life and how we're to live life according to his plan, every part of our life. Romans chapter 15, I'd like for you to turn there with me. Did you know that after I get to know the wonderful counselor, God has called us to actually counsel other people and direct them to the wonderful counselor? Romans chapter 15. Romans 15, verse 14. Jay Adams used this verse as the basis of a book competent to counsel. It says, and I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish, to admonish or instruct one another. I'm not filled with any goodness, only the goodness of the wonderful counselor in me. I have no knowledge except the knowledge of the wonderful counselor in me. But he said, you can admonish and instruct one another. And what my instruction is to other people, turn to the wonderful counselor. Listen to what the wonderful counselor has to say. I'm glad today that 700 years before Jesus was ever born, he was called the wonderful counselor. That wonderful counselor who came in the manger, went to the cross, and is one day coming again. Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you that we're not out here without hope, without direction in life. 
thank you that we can follow the wonderful counselor. Thank you that he guides in every area of our life. He guides our steps as we follow him. And I pray today, if there's one here today without Jesus, they would come even during the invitation time or after the service and say, Pastor, could somebody show me from the Bible today how I could be saved and know it? And Lord, for the many who are here that know Jesus as Savior, help us not to lean to our own understanding. But may God help us to follow the steps of the wonderful counselor. We pray in Jesus' name.